tell you, football, it's back. It is back, and it feels really, really good. Here's the thing, though. Are the Lions the real deal? They go into Arrowhead. Uh, the Chiefs 8-0 and under Patrick Mahomes in uh, openers. They go into Arrowhead and get a 21-20 to victory. Did Jared Goff just outduel Patrick Mahomes as the Lions go to 1-0 and to begin the NFL season? Maybe the hype albeit early, could be real. Rowdy, good morning, brother. How are we doing Yeah, today? good morning. Obviously, uh, you mentioned it. Detroit Lions get <laughs> the win to start the NFL season. In Arrowhead, in, in all places, the Lions, Rowdy. Wow. All right. All Jerry right. Kels, uh, Travis Kelsey, though. They really missed him. Out. Game one. Uh, Kadarius Tony Mahomes, not the same quarterback. Kadarius Tony can't catch a ball uh, when needed. Let's see here. Uh, Chiefs fans, how do you like Matt Nagy as your offensive coordinator? A big third and one late in the fourth quarter as the Chiefs were trailing by one. Nagy takes the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand for a little trick play. It fails as uh, then they do go on to fail against the Lions. Let's see here. What else, Rowdy? Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Not really too much. Is he the, the Chiefs' number one? MVS right now he is. I mean, there's no, there's no one else who 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 would be number one in in front of MVS. I mean, Travis Kelsey was out. Yeah, that's that's a great question, Rowdy. Um, and Matt Nagy, pretty good offensive coordinator, head coach, new. questionable, but OC, not bad. He did take the ball. I don't know if you are saw, the, but are, are the Lions for real? It's not about the Chiefs and if. Patrick Mahomes is good. We know that Patrick Mahomes is good, whether Travis Kelsey plays yeah. or not. Obviously, this year was the first year where, hey, is he going to have enough weapons? Does he have enough veterans around him that can play well or at a higher level? But are the Lions for real? That's the biggest question of it all. Because we all assume that the Chiefs, it's the first game of the season. The Chiefs. They'll get better when Kelsey comes back and the they Chiefs get their targets back. The Chiefs won't be bad. The, the question is. The lines of staying power. Patrick Mahomes is what Aaron Rodgers was post uh, the Super Bowl. Yep. He's in the prime of his career. He's great. No matter what team Patrick Mahomes is on, whether it be the Kansas City Chiefs right now with the roster that they have or insert terrible team with terrible coaching, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes makes a team playoff worthy. Yes. But are the Lions for real? That is the greatest question uh, of the season so far. Are the Lions the real deal? Okay, Rowdy, last year the Lions, what was it, about halfway through the season, um, from the beginning to about halfway through the season, they had the number one scoring offense, but the worst also scoring defense in the league, if I remember correctly. Was that the Lions last year? Uh, They definitely upgraded their defense. All I know is that the Lions defense was really good the second half of the season, and then obviously you saw the rise of the Detroit Lions in the second half where they made that uh, push at the playoffs and came up one game short. Yeah. Um, and what was it? Seahawks. It was, a, there was a game that um, was played earlier in the day before they played the Packers. If it was, was it the Seahawks one? Then, then the lions one, they would have been in. It was something like that. But anyways, uh, NFL seasons here, Jared Goff threw for 253 yards and a touchdown. David Montgomery got the go ahead score late in the game. And uh, the Lions held off Mahomes for a 21 to 20 victory. Dan Campbell says, quote, we expected to win this game and we're built to handle some stuff like this. We're very resilient. Okay. One game in rowdy. Are we buying into the lions? I know it's, 
game week one, game one, but are we buying in the Lions? They went into Arrowhead and defeated Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to take anything away from the Detroit Lions. Obviously, it's a huge win on the road against the Super Bowl reigning champions, but they didn't have Travis Kelsey, their best offensive weapon, not named Patrick Mahomes. They didn't have Chris Jones, their best defensive player. Obviously, he was still holding out for a new contract. Yeah. So they were missing two big key pieces, and clearly they're important when you look at this game because that line went from Kansas City minus seven to Kansas City minus four and a half. So clearly with Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones being out, uh, Vegas and the betters thought that Obviously, uh, Kansas City was two and a half points worse than what they should have been. But, I mean, you can't take it away from the Lions. They no. won the game. They yeah. went on the road. They won the game, and it was a primetime game. Yeah, and who? I, I still want to find out when the last time the Lions opened up the NFL season. But let's see. I'm reading read a little thing about the Chiefs here. Hundreds began tailgating outside Arrowhead 14 hours before kickoff yesterday. Roger Goodell there. 80,000 and more people joined uh, him and the Chiefs that raised their championship banner. Uh, Arrowhead is the loudest stadium. The place is raucous and rocking. And Jared Goff, the Detroit Lions, come in and steal the show. So um, Detroit got things going first with the showdown scoring. And then uh, it was kind of catch-up for the Kansas City Chiefs. I will say right now, though, looking at the Lions and what they did on the road in Arrowhead, um, Lions could be a problem. Um, probably will be a problem as they look pretty good. Jared Goff, Jared Goff, Rowdy, pretty damn good. Like, does Jared? Now, what was he? Was he a first round pick? Right? Like, he was a the, he was the first the pick, number one overall pick. Does Jared Goff's gotten some heat throughout his career? Right? I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. Uh, you look at this quarterback. You look at Goff. What's what's the vibe on Goff? A, I don't want to say a late bloomer, but a guy that maybe had to settle in and find a a good. Not that he wasn't bad with the Rams. But what's the what's the outlier uh, or what's the uh, skinny on Jared Goff here as he enters another season of the NFL? He's a great pocket passer. I mean, Jared Goff coming out of of college was the number one overall pick out of Cal, and at Cal he was one of those guys where he was a great passer of the football. He was he came from the Cal. Jeff Tedford school of quarterbacking, same exact line and coaching staff that Aaron Rodgers had when he was at Cal. And um, yeah, he was pretty good. Obviously he, he deserved to be the number one overall pick. Yeah. He was a good quarterback. The one thing that you noticed when he came out of the, the draft was early in his career. One thing that could really set him off or, or maybe he didn't play up to his ability was when you could get pressure on him, get his feet moving. He got maybe happy feet in the pocket. And when he had pressure in his face in the pocket, he didn't throw the ball as accurately as he normally did. But I think last night you saw him moving about a little bit better and you saw him delivering the ball better with pressure in his face. Maybe not every single time, but better than what he was when he was a younger player. Jared Goff just coming of age more in a, as a guy that's in his you know second second contract in the yeah. NFL. Like he's grown since he was in his first four or five years in the NFL. But at the same time, from what you saw from Jared Goff, Clearly, he's still not a Patrick Mahomes-esque quarterback. Still, he's no. he's limited in what he can do compared to the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, the biggest question moving forward for everyone listening to this radio show is, can Jordan Love be more of a Patrick Mahomes-esque Ooh. quarterback? Because if we're going like, to find out coming is, up on Sunday, if if Jordan Love was Jared Goff, myself, 
I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. If you had Jared Goff moving forward for the next five to ten years as your quarterback, I think you're in a pretty solid spot. Like, in my opinion, with a Jared Goff, with the right defense and players around them, he can win a Super Bowl. Clearly, this guy already went to a Super Bowl yeah. in L.A. with the Rams. With the right team and the right uh, players around him, he could win one. He hasn't yet, but we know he's limited. He's not yeah. the best quarterback in the league. Now, can he do it with the Lions? You can't win a Super Bowl if you have the quarterback play that we've seen as Packer fans where the guy behind center is not named Rogers or Favre. <laughs> it's Wallace, Tolzien, Flynn. Flynn. You know, you can Hunley. go right on down the line. Those guys aren't going to cut it. But no. if you get a Jared Goff-esque type player, that's a top half quarterback in the league. You know what's looking back on the you know, Jared Goff, when the trade happened, when the Lions sent Matthew Stafford to the L.A. Rams, and then, you know, Jared Goff comes back in return. Uh, initially, when you saw the trade, it's like, wow, man. It? Did the Rams win? Did the Lions win? Well, that's what I'm getting to. It's, you know, obviously Matt Stafford and the Rams got their Super Bowl. So you would say, okay, they won it. But And then we thought that Jared Goff, it was like, all right, we're going to go send Jared Goff off to exile. Uh, he's going to be done. You know, we, Jared Goff is going to go fade away into obscurity in Detroit. But it looks like he found a pretty decent home route as the Detroit Lions get their coach and Dan Campbell right. And they start stocking up uh, the draft and, you know, trading for some pieces. I don't know. Jared Goff looks like he found a nice home after L.A. kind of spurned him. Detroit welcomes him with open arms. Uh, initially, I'm not going to lie. When I saw the trade, I'm like, wow, the Rams just fleeced the Lions. And the Lions, good luck, Jared Goff. You're a bum. Well, Jared Goff found a pretty good home. Who, well, Obviously, the Rams won because they won the Super Bowl. But I don't think the Lions are far behind. When you look at that trade... Obviously, the Rams got Matthew Stafford. They got their quarterback. They went all in. Yeah. That that was the Packers of 2020 through 2022. They went all in. They got their Super Bowl championship. They can walk off into the sunset and say, yeah, we <laughs> doesn't, did it. doesn't matter what happened. We won our effing championship. Yeah, we did it. It worked. But then when you look at the, the Lions, what do the Lions do? Well, the Lions got rid of an aging quarterback that really didn't want to be in Detroit anymore, yep. a.k.a. Matthew Stafford. So they they basically got rid of all of that salary. It was a Lions team in which was rebuilding, so they knew that they obviously weren't going to win a championship with Matthew Stafford anytime soon at that, you know, three years ago, whenever they made that trade. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, not only did they basically shed a lot of uh, salary cap, but they added a ton of picks. And they got Jared Goff, who, by the way, was a quarterback that had just played in the Super Bowl like a year or two before that trade was made. Yeah. So it was a guy that he had been there. He had done that. Now, albeit he's a younger veteran, but he was a veteran. Uh -huh. And he was a stopgap quarterback. At the worst case scenario, you shed salary. You gained an NFL quality starting quarterback. For prob I think if I remember correctly on the, the contract, it was for two or three seasons, which gave you a stopgap if you were going to draft a quarterback, and you added draft picks. So, I mean, worst-case scenario for the Detroit Lions, you got rid of that bigger salary that didn't want to be there, you added draft picks, and you had a stopgap quarterback for two to three years where you could draft a quarterback if he wasn't your quarterback of the future. So... Obviously, the Lions haven't won a Super Bowl, and really, the Lions haven't won diddly-poo, no. but they did win last night. They win hearts and minds right now. And it feels like Jared Goff is a player in this league. It feels like Jared Goff is a quarterback that you can't write off and say, oh, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, well, you know, it's also Jared Goff, I feel like he's he's found a home, you know, despite the, 
they all, it's like everyone's happy there, it feels like. They've won the hearts and the minds, and now can they prove it throughout the season? If the Detroit Lions go 9-8 and eight and are a playoff team, but albeit a fringe playoff team, and, and the NFC North is not very good overall, would the Lions risk a draft pick on a quarterback because this quarterback draft is very good, according to experts and even the general fan? There's a ton of of quarterbacks that are coming out that are worthy of being drafted or really good quarterbacks coming out would would they have the balls to say you know what we have Jared Goff he's nice but this guy is better coming out in the draft because this this hey. Detroit team the the defense is obviously better yep. they um they used draft picks in the first round on defense they used draft picks in the first round on offense that being said Still not a fan of the Lions when they fumbled inside the 20 and couldn't get us over 10 points in the first half. <laughs> so Lions get it done. Are they the real deal as we start the NFL season? And speaking of the NFL season, Sunday at 325, it is your Green Bay Packers down at Soldier Field taking on the Chicago Bears. The Jordan Love era begins. We can finally stop asking, is this guy, does he have what it takes? Can he be the next Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? Uh, what will he do? Is he any good? Blah, 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 blah. We finally get to see live bullets. Jordan Love down at Soldier. Can he continue on ownership of the Bears? And it's the most wonderful time of the week because we have Dave Esler, our gambler to the stars on. David, good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? Uh, we're doing well. We didn't lose. We have not lost an NFL bet all season. Not a baby, Dave. That's why you're the best, man. That's why you're the best. Pregame.com, the winner's yeah. take podcast of Rowdy. Uh, Dave underscore Esler on Twitter. How's it feel, Dave, to be undefeated, never lost? It feels awesome. I, I, I never would have bet that Mahomes would lead the league in interceptions, but he does. <laughs> yeah, worst record in the NFL. Uh, worst yeah. quarterback stats. It's a ah, tough season yeah. so far for Mahomes. It is, it is. And, and everybody was kind of, oh, Kelsey being out won't matter. I kept thinking, the, uh, I mean, you know, the line moved two points, and a lot of people were saying, is he worth two points to the line? And I would say he's worth as much as any non-quarterback in the in the league. So, uh, well, Dave, yeah, I, only, I didn't take the Lions because I missed the six and a half or seven earlier, but, yeah. you know, prop, props to those that did. Speaking of, uh, of Lions, Let's just dive right into the NFL. Give me some nuggets, man. Give me some real juicy nuggets. Um, I think my favorite bet of the week is the uh, Atlanta Falcons over uh, Carolina. I read a stat where um, number one, top pick number one quarterbacks coming into the NFL, and I don't think they've won a game since, uh, I don't know, trying to think of the guy that did it. It was like 15 years ago. Um, so, uh, David and they're, they're average. Hey, there you go. I couldn't remember. I, I knew it yesterday. It's early in the morning. I can't remember it this morning. Um, but there's some pretty damning numbers. And uh, I, I think the Falcons are probably giving a whole welcome to the NFL type thing. And he hasn't looked good in exhibition anyway. So I like the Falcons. I like the Patriots Eagles. First half under. Um, I mean, everybody in the Eagles had career years last year. And, of course, they don't have Miles Sanders anymore. And I guess if you give Belichick six months to figure out a defense, he'll do it. So I like the first first half under in that one. Kind of like the Steelers. Kind of. Um, I might be in the minority there. 
And uh, I kind of like um, San Diego, the Chargers, Los Angeles, but I might be in the minority there as well. Dave, um, just because, you know, you know where we are. We're here in Madison, Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin is God's country. It's this beautiful uh, where, you know, liquor and booze flows, no problem. I'm wondering, though, up in Green Bay, well, I guess they're traveling down to Chicago, but for the Packers, what does Dave Essler think? I know it's a lot of unknowns. Jordan Love, we're not sure. What does Dave Essler think of Packers, Bears, Bears favored by a point? Um, I knew you were going to ask, so I didn't. Get, I didn't talk about it initially. I was doing you a favor. Thank you. Um, um, you're welcome. I, I like the Packers. Yes. I mean, I mean, I don't have a lot of respect for the Bears. I don't have a lot of. Well, who does? I, mean, Justin Fields, Justin, just, I know you guys don't, but I mean, Justin Fields has a ceiling, and I think we saw it last year. And I have more respect for the Packers defense than I do the Bears defense. Um, I could conceivably see a lot of points being scored there, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw Green Bay under the bus just because of Jordan Love. I mean, you know, you know the numbers from last year and what Rodgers did and didn't do, and you know the guys had three years to learn. Now it's time to put up, and I, I think he will. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a little concerned about their wide receivers, but you know, it's that's not like it's a new problem. So I think they'll. You know, the guys that need to step up, it's not going to be on short notice. They know what they need to do. So if I'm betting the game, I'm taking the Packers. Oh, yeah, my man Dave. Uh, that makes me feel at ease, David. That makes me feel at ease. Anything uh, quick out of college football? You don't got to go, like, you know, rattle off a bunch of in-depth. Anything out of college football this weekend? Yeah, okay. The the Badgers, I like the over in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like uh, – Tulane and Mississippi under, that's a big number. I want to say it's 66 and a half. The, uh, the, uh, yeah, Mississippi could, but, you know, we have the clock rules. I'm not going to overreact to those, but I looked at Tulane, and they did score a bunch of points, but a lot of that was, was defense and special teams and whatnot. I mean, they only ran, I believe, 53 offensive plays, so I, uh, I think that game stays under. And I actually took SMU plus 16 against Oklahoma. Everybody will see how many points Oklahoma put up, but they won't look at who they put them up on. And uh, I think SMU is better than advertised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a chance to beat them in the fourth quarter. But with 16 points, I will take the SMU Craig James Mustangs. Love it. And Dave, now, um, I think, do you kind of, yeah, Roddy? No, I'm just chuckling that he said Craig James Mustangs. Dave? Yeah. Well, I know that he went to SMU with Eric Dickerson. <laughs> Dave, hey, Dave, uh, I think mm-hmm. I think Rowdy is not done with it, but I think you are Major League Baseball. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down the baseball route unless the road unless you want to give something out there. If, if you don't, you know right where I'm gonna go. It's another sport that we got to finish the segment with. Are you done? Yeah, with, I know. I know. You I done know. with baseball? I'm ready for you. You done with baseball? Yeah, I'm ready for you. Um, no, but I haven't dove into it. I. It's, fun, it's wanna, football time. It's football time. You know, I, I kind of want to take the Brewers and the Yankees over, but uh, I'm a little leery of that. It's nine, just under. If it goes to eight and a half, I'll take the over. Okay. And uh, I like the uh, Seattle Mariners in the first five innings against Tampa Bay. I guess I'm not done with it. I was going to say, I'm sorry, I knew you wouldn't shy away from making a bet in Major League Baseball, and something you're not shy on at all, Dave. You are a juggernaut in it, the beacon of gambling hope. Give us another 
Dave Esler, certified gold, WNBA pick. Um, Atlanta and Washington under 162.5. That's the one? Yeah, that's the, the one. The Atlanta Dream and the Washington Mystics. Mystics. Is that, it, is that right, Rowdy? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, does it matter? Yes, it matters, Dave. We're going under in the Dream and Mystics. Dave, you know it matters when they have hundreds of fans in the stands. Dave, we're gambling um, and we're making really, money. I don't, really mind, I don't really mind watching that. It's not bad basketball. Yeah, because we're making money on it, Dave. Come on, brother. Yeah, and, and I, I think 32% of the players are gay, so... You yeah, know, you, dropped that nugget, you dropped that nugget before, yeah. Yeah, I know, and it's kind of, you know, I watch it and I'm like, is she or isn't she? Well, Dave, I know what we are, and that's thankful to have you on every Friday. You are the man, and the Winners Take podcast, indeed, indeed. Dave, are you golfing this weekend, or are you just all taking in football? Um, I don't know yet. Probably not. I played Wednesday. Um Maybe this afternoon, I don't know, but right. i got to give my body a rest. All right, all right. Well, keep that mind working because it's a beautiful one, Dave, especially for all your gamble picks. We appreciate you, my man. Pregame.com, winner's take every Friday. You the man, Dave. Much love, homie. I uh, love you guys. Have a great oh. weekend. and uh, Real quick. Hope your football team. Oh, yeah. Are your Patriots going to win? Um, I think they might cover the spread. Okay. Right. I think it's, I think it'll be. A, I don't think the Eagles are going to run away with it. Okay. All right, Dave. We love you, bud. And actually, they're actually Robert Kraft Patriots, but thank you. <laughs> Excuse me, Robert Kraft Patriots. Dave, we love you, bud. All right, you guys have a good weekend. Good luck. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> Dave, a little, a little fired up today, Rowdy. Our guy Zach Heilprint now. Zach, hey, what's up, brother? What's going on? What's your? Uh... What was your confidence level in, in how good Temple and Heilprin was? Is it was it the same, better, less? God, wow. After well, okay, so the first Temple and Heilprin was uh last Thursday. I was highly confident in the success of that show. Then after being in attendance again last night at Monkson Prairie, it's even higher my confidence. What did you what did you think about the first minute or so? Uh, the first minute or so was very well produced by the on-site producer, and the talent was just already dialed in. I would say the in-studio producer, uh, my confidence is shaken a little bit in the in-studio okay. producer of Grant Bills, who forgot to turn a fader up. There are rumors that have been floating around on social media and just uh, WOZN in general that, that are saying... Temple and Heilprin is an upgrade from Kenny to Heilprin. It's like going from Graham Mertz to Tanner Mordecai. Ooh. Is that an upgrade, though? Let me ask you, Zach. Tanner Mordecai, after his performance, and I'm going to steal this right from Temple and Heilprin last night. Your confidence in Tanner Mordecai after that game against the Buffalo Bulls, higher, lower, or the same? I'm going to say same because I didn't have, like, certain con- – like, I didn't have the overwhelming confidence that certain people did about – uh, Tanner Mordecai, I was expecting much better than what we saw last week. And it probably would have looked, and I think people would have accepted it a little bit better had Skylar Bell caught that touchdown pass. But he didn't, and he only threw for 189 yards, and he threw a couple interceptions, including just a horrible pass on one and a really poor decision on the other. We'll yeah. see what happens. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. No, he's, he's got another. He's got another chance. The unfortunate thing for ever for, for Tanner Mordecai is the two times that he's played in front of people at Wisconsin, he hasn't been very good. A couple picks here and there. 
More so, yeah. how many in the spring game? Was it five? He had four, four in the spring game. He had two last Saturday, so he's got uh, one touchdown and six interceptions. Yeah, but, I mean, spring game, whatever. He, was, he wasn't he was feeling the, the best because it was old Dutch chips. I think that threw his game off. Uh, it wasn't just the old Dutch chips. It was the weird old Dutch chips. Yeah, it was like the like the uh, the the flavors no one wanted that were you know on yes, like expired exactly. bags. So, so yeah, there's a precedent. Yeah, still have one of those. Well, no, Rowdy, real quick before I get back to Zach, Mordecai, higher, lower, same expectations, confidence, I should say. I mean, like the Badgers' offense, he looks better in the second half, and I only think it's going to be better moving forward. So, I mean, I wouldn't say I was throwing him in the trash and be like. Yep, Tanner Mordecai shot. He stinks. Game over. Season's done. No, he wasn't. He wasn't so bad where you go. Oh my goodness! So this is a disaster. There's no yeah. Danny O'Brien. Growing pains. Growing yeah, pains. He's not Danny O'Brien. Zach, let me ask you this: Someone has called in. Uh, they called Tanner Mordecai Tanner Mortimerts. Someone else also called him Mertz 2.0. Is that? I mean, is that fair? I got some messages after Saturday's game. It was Tanner Mertz. They, they didn't go. They didn't make it. Uh, think about it very hard. They just, they just threw his first name on to Graham's last name. I think it is probably a little bit too harsh. Look, Graham. What's the worst thing that could? I mean, not the worst thing that could happen because it would have been pretty impressive. But he. What if? What if uh, Tanner Mordecai came out and just dropped four touchdowns, five touchdowns, one incompletion against Buffalo? It sets expectations unrealistically. That's what happened with Graham Mertz. Mertz 2.0, but just against Illinois. Yes. That would have been Mertz 2.0. Debut, debut at Wisconsin was a little, uh, you know, underwhelming. So all you could do is go up from here. Zach, if we're going to compare Tanner Mordecai to other quarterbacks, obviously Mertz is the easy one. He just played here, and if you're going to struggle. But I'm just saying, like, features-wise, he reminds me a little bit of Jay Cutler. A little bit of a gunslinger, a little bit extra under the chin. <laughs> Does he smoke? <laughs> he could. <laughs> I, w- I mean, I, I, uh, I think a lot of people would take Jay Cutler's arm. I love Cuddy. I don't think that Tanner Mordecai has that arm. If he did have that arm, he probably wouldn't be at Wisconsin right now. So th- that one's a little tough. I think it's just because you wanted to make the comment about a little extra under the chin. More so than anything else, <laughs> he does- <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. I know I, you need to get yours in. But yeah, I mean, he's he. I think I don't know about gunslinger. He's a little. He's got the footwork in the pocket is a little bit different. The uh, but he completed seventy. Like what was it? Seventy-seven percent of his passes. It was a really efficient performance. Now he didn't throw the ball down the field a ton because of what Buffalo was doing. The one time that he did, or the two times, two of the three times he did, he put the ball where where it needed to be. One was a touchdown. The other one should have been a touchdown. I'm I'm expect, I'm just expecting more balls down the field tomorrow night. Bill Longo averaged like eight passes of 15 or more yards at North Carolina, and I know the quarterbacks he had were a little bit different than Tanner, but he certainly is not changing the offense because of it. I'm expecting more of that on Saturday uh, against so Washington State. You don't – okay, 200 and – just shy under 300 yards uh, between Braylon Allen and uh, Chesma Lucy. Is it going to be more of a passing attack there in Washington then as opposed to no. classic Wisconsin football? Well, I think until long those words, they're going to take what the defense gives them. But after last week, what would you do to Wisconsin? I'd force them to throw the ball. Yeah, I'd stack the box. I would. Yeah. I, I would. I mean, Buffalo did not force them to throw the ball. It's playing two deep safeties. That's you're just inviting Wisconsin to to run the ball at you. And 
if that's what teams want to do, Wisconsin more than capable of doing it. Yeah, and I and I, it's hard to blame them, right? Like you can't force the passing game just because you want to show off your passing game. You have to take what the defense is giving you, and they dominated in and they dominated in the run game. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to do it again tomorrow night. But if they're not, if Washington State decides no, you're going to be us for the pass. I think Tanner Mordecai and that receiver group and the tight ends and Braylon Allen and Ches Moster are capable of doing it. Well, Zach, I'm, you know, we were talking Tanner Mordecai and I'm still a fan. I'm glad he came here. I think he's a good player. So if they do try and stop Wisconsin from running the football like they did against Buffalo, I mean, this Washington State defense is returning less than half the starters. Watch Tanner Mordecai air it out, and we get, like, big games from Skylar Bell or or my my guy, you know, pads only C.J. Williams. <laughs> and, you know, we can go right on down the list of all of the new receivers. Say they have big games. I feel like we're going to have a lot of people calling in and saying Tanner Mordecai is awesome. That's usually what happens, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It'll be the only guy. He stinks. If a guy, one, he's great. If a guy plays... Yeah, if a guy plays well, usually people are going to be pretty happy and, and talk about how great he is. But there, I, there are people that just are going to be straight up uh, haters. I would say of, of Tanner Mordecai. They got one, they got a couple of impressions of him. And they're not. This isn't going to change, despite going into Washington State, despite going to a team that beat you last year, uh, despite a team that you were unable to really move the ball against last year. Uh, I shouldn't say move the ball. You're able to move the ball, but penalties and turnovers and sacks. Yeah. So they, but. I would expect, yes, I would expect people to be pretty happy if Tanner Mordecai is able to play Washington straight up. Zach, I saw your tweet at Zach Halprin, beautiful, amazing Twitter account. I tell everyone to go follow it. Uh, This was a couple days ago on the 6th. I'm just going to read it. Right now, the over-under of 58.5 this week versus Wazoo would match the highest in Wisconsin game since Nebraska 2018. It was also 5.5 for the Badgers 2019 over against USF in the game against Kent State that year as well. Zach, if they hit that over... People are going to be pretty uh, pumped up about this air raid offense then? I think the answer already would be yes. Are we expecting a lot of points there in Pullman? I'm expecting a lot higher score than 17-14, to 14, which is what this game was last year. I'm intrigued by what Wisconsin's defense is going to do to slow down Cam Ward. We saw last year they did a solid job of it, but it was he was still rather new, just his second start there. And I know it was the exact same offense that he played at with Incarnate Ward. Saying, I mean, because the OC was his head coach at Incarnate Word, and he, the OC is not there anymore. I think he's at North Texas. So they have a new guy there, but he just looked a ton more confident. He's, it feels like he's got uh, a number of guys that he feels comfortable with, but they're going to throw the ball down the field, something Buffalo did not do. Where is Wisconsin secondary? Where is How, how are they feeling about, uh, or how are they going to play that? And because we saw at times last year, it wasn't always the greatest. Minnesota threw the ball down the field on them, Michigan State threw the ball down the field on them. They'll be challenged tomorrow night down the field, and how does Wisconsin defense stack up? But I do think 58-and-a-half is certainly a possibility. Just seeing 58-and-a-half is a refresher. <laughs> it's refreshing, if I think, if you're a Wisconsin fan. Yeah, everyone loves defense, but when you're the over-unders in the 30s, not so much. Zach, we, we talked about, and it's pretty much been talked about by everyone, how the Badgers are learning and they're getting better because it's a new offense. But what's really not talked about is the fact that they're also learning a new defense and yet they have kind of the same pieces that were there from the three, four defense. Now you change where you you have more defensive backs and, and guys with more speed on the field. I almost feel like when you're looking at Washington state, obviously cam ward is a guy that can run. 
three four if you're going to play base defense you're not you don't necessarily have as much speed on the field as you would in this new uh wisconsin uh defense wouldn't you think that with more speed on the field or in theory more speed in the field it would be you know maybe easy even better for the badgers defensively contending with a quarterback that can run yeah the three four defense is, is a little bit the idea of it is a little bit overrated because how much did they play it right so many teams especially washington state team I don't. I would be surprised if Wisconsin, outside of goal line, was anywhere close to having more than two defensive linemen on the field at any time last year against uh, Washington State. Their, their base defense was essentially a two-four-five, but they brought even more. They had six DBs on the field last year against Washington State, and I think it certainly uh, helped them. But yeah, in terms of learning a new defense on Saturday against Buffalo, Wisconsin played two-four-five, and and they played their dollar package as well, which is essentially a three-three, a three-three-five with. Uh, Hunter Wooler acting as, a, as an extra linebacker. But uh, that is a defense that was actually kind of broken out against Washington State last year. Jim Leonard played some of it. But, yeah, more speed on the field to deal with the different aspects of Washington State's offense, certainly a factor because Washington State could not run the ball last year against Wisconsin. They did not run the ball very well against uh, Colorado State. Cam Ward was their leading rusher with 40 yards. But, yeah, we got a familiar face in the key of Watson. Get to see him a little bit. He uh, played a rather outsized role last year, not necessarily in yards, but he had two touchdowns, and he had both of them, I should say, of Washington State's touchdowns last year. And um, I think Wisconsin's players are looking forward to seeing him again and looking forward to seeing Washington State again. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet that Washington State sent last year, but apparently has not gone um, – people it has not been forgotten by Wisconsin players. It was kind of stupid. It was Nikia Watson standing inside Camp Randall, just like towering over it. Oh, and, the, oh, oh. And, the, and the caption and the caption was "Jump up, jump up, and sit down." Wow, unbelievable. Well, I would say you know, jump up, jump up. Watch Nikia uh, Watson run for three yards into the back of his lineman and fall down. Oh, that would have been that, that was that his Wisconsin a, career. Look at Rowdy. Look at that. That would also that would also been an improvement because uh, he averaged about two yards per carry. <laughs> uh, so Zach, you're heading out to what? You're going to find a Spokane and then uh, driving down to uh, Pullman, yes? Correct. How loud can a uh, stadium full of thirty thousand people be? I guess we'll find out, eh? We we will find out. Someone got in uh, on YouTube and was like commented on. Uh, one of our posts, one of our videos on uh, on the camp on YouTube, and it must have been from Washington State. He said, "Come down and see me. Come say that to my face, if you're able to. If you're able to move around, it's going to be sold out. And how badly do I want to just come back and be like, saying sold out is not the brag you think it is when it's thirty thousand people. All right, it, I, what are you talking about? Sold out? Who gives a crap? I mean, you, Wisconsin would sell out two times over if they only had to fill thirty thousand uh, seats every week." But um, Zach, yeah, so. the Milwaukee Brewers probably average about thirty thousand on a Wednesday when the team's okay. Right, I said thirty thousand. To be fair, thirty-two thousand nine hundred and fifty-two. So I got to yeah. give them almost an extra. Just give me a break! Come on, get out of here. I'm just Martin Stegen. being fair here. All right, yeah. Zach. I'm, yeah. What? I'll, with that said, I am expecting a pretty cool environment because it is Washington State. It is a team that's being left behind in the pack in the pack two now, and. <laughs> You know, you got a big team, Big Ten ranked team coming in. They're, they're going to be probably pretty jacked up for, for Saturday night. But I think I expect Wisconsin to be as well, simply because of what happened last year and them dancing on the W after the game. So, yeah, there's going to be, I think it's going to be a pretty good atmosphere.
Zach, have fun in Washington, man. Uh, bring us home a victory, and we'll talk uh, next week, obviously, and be following along at Zach Halpern on Twitter at MadCitySportsZone.com as well. Before I let you go, though, real quick, what happens Sunday down on Soldier Field, Packers-Bears? All I'll say is the Bears fans and Bears players better hope they win because if they don't, after the offseason they've had it, the crap, the, the trash talk <laughs> that's happened this offseason, they better hope they win because they will never live it down if they don't. They, they are... I've never seen their fan base be more uh, owned by a quarterback than they were by Aaron Rodgers. They think he's gone, and and he obviously is. But if they think he's, like, just the Packers are going to roll up and do nothing, I think that they're in for a little bit of an awakening, I would say. I I kind of expect the Bears to win, but if they don't, (laughs) oof, watch out. Zach, I hope you don't get stuck by anyone that's uh, over three bills on that airplane of yours, all right? I want you to have a nice, relaxing flight, all right? I appreciate you. Zach, we love you. Zach, I will say if you are stuck on the plane with someone next to you that's over 300 spilling into your seat, that mf definitely is real. <laughs> he is. All right, Tiffany. Thank you. <laughs> See Zach. Too funny. There he is. Zach Alfred, off of Washington. My uh, Australian accent kind of stops and ends with maybe some Crocodile Dundee. You call that a knife? Or maybe, you know, Steve Irwin, R.I.P., and maybe trying to say Fosters, but we're going to the land on under Sydney, Australia. Why UFC 293? And I don't think this guy's. I don't think he's he's got any Australian in him. But our guy Dan from Half the Battle Podcast at Best Fight Picks on Twitter. Dan, do you got a good uh, Australian accent in honor of UFC 293? Good mate. <laughs> you call that a knife, Dan? What's going on? What's up? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I mean, I couldn't think of a better way to kick off my Friday than here with y'all. Yeah, baby. Uh, last time we talked, you were going to the Queens of the Stone Age, um, and I know you love your concerts. Too, but before that, we were talking, like I think it was 311. There might have been a muse in there as well. How was Queens of the Stone Age, dude? Man, Queens of the Stone Age were absolutely incredible. And listen, at this point, man, I've been to so many concerts over the years that if it's not up to par, I'm walking out 30 minutes in. But, (laughs) man, like, this show was just amazing. You'll walk out of a show? Yeah, I mean, if I'm not feeling it, 100%. But, man, rock and roll is back. you got to check out the new Queens of the Stone Age record. No, I have to. They did not pay me to to promote them. No, I I have checked that out. It's really damn good. I'm a big fan of Queens of the Stone Age. So I'm glad you had a good time, man. The record gets better every listen. That's a sign of a good, truly good band, is the more you listen, the better it gets. I'm going to a concert on Sunday. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, when, there's three reactions to when I say the band. Either you love them, you hate them, or you never heard of them. Have you ever heard of Ween? What do you mean have I ever heard of Ween? Of course I've heard of Ween. Yeah, so do you love them or do you hate them? Um, I, I don't hate them. Okay. I definitely don't hate them. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I mean, how, how can you hate some bananas and blow? I played it earlier today. Living in my cabana off bananas and blow. He might he yeah. might offer you ween, but what if I raised you a kid cocky? Now, see that I I've never heard of. So. <laughs> well, here, here's probably why. So there's a place. So we're in Madison, uh, about what thirty minutes away from Madison is a the town called Edgerton, and they have a thing called the was it the Chili Cookoff? Chili Mania. Chili, Chili Mania. Excuse me. And they always have bands there, like a ton of bands. Dan. Kid Cocky, what is what kind of artist does it sound like to you? Um, butt Rock. Yeah, yes, it's a Kid <laughs> Rock tribute band, Butt Rock. 
grab your belt buckles and uh, let's go for a ride. You know? Butt rocks. See, right, play the, butt rocks. The best part about it, Dan, is we looked up. We're like, oh, what does this guy look like? It's supposed to be a Kid Rock tribute. He's probably more white trash than Kid Rock. Yeah, he's a more, believe it or not, a more white trash looking Kid Rock. And then he's from Vegas, and we're like, makes sense. <laughs> Dan, uh, Kid Rock's worth like uh, thirty million. How trash do you really be? Hey, Devil Without a Cause, what an album! I'll never forget it. Buying it with a middle finger on the CD. It was a great album. Dan, I'm extending the invitation. You'll have to pay for transportation, but you can stay at one of our houses. Do you want to come up to uh, Edgerton, Wisconsin tonight and watch Kid, uh, Kid Cocky? Of course. <laughs> All right, we'll work on the details. <laughs> Dan, let's get to it. UFC 293. Uh, big of uh, Izzy versus uh, Adesanya going over Strickland here. What do we think of the, uh, the main here? We think that it's a very entertaining buildup, um, but when it actually comes to the fight itself, it's a mismatch. You know, we, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited, though, because it's nice when the lead up to the fight gets people invested and, you know, people think that, Oh, this might be the guy. And look, Strickland's great for the sport. He talks a lot. He's controversial, uh, but he's going to get his uh, rear end kicked uh, Saturday night in Sydney. Okay. I asked Rowdy this and um, he wasn't too sure on it. And I, I stumbled across it on uh, Twitter and it was Strickland at the press conference talking smack to Izzy. I'm not going to say exactly what was said because the FCC laws, is there some video with Izzy and like a dog and red and red rocket? Like what, what, what was Sean Strickland inferring? You know, I actually, I heard, I heard exactly what you're talking about. Um, but I didn't have it in me to go search if it was. Yeah. True. Neither did I, neither did I something about him and a dog and the, you know, red rocket. I don't, I don't. Well, here's one thing like on the fight side of stuff, Dan, thank you. Yeah, give us some <laughs> You're talking about Sean Strickland. Good for the sport, like a really solid fighter. And I'm just looking at the odds here. Like obviously Israel Adesanya is the king of this weight class. And he's been the king of this weight class for years now. And no one's been able to knock him off that perch, but at plus 460 odds, Sean Strickland is one tough MFer. He's a guy you don't want to mess with. Do you think that's a little disrespectful just for how tough Sean Strickland actually is and that the fact that he is no slouch? Like, he's pretty darn good himself, and he's probably, I guess you could argue, maybe the next guy up because no one else has been able to dethrone Israel Adesanya. It's like, well, we got to give someone else a shot here. Nah, man. I mean, I think the line is short. Izzy is like, what, minus 650? I think he should be minus 1,000, to be honest with you. Like, and, and that's no disrespect to Strickland. I, like I said, I think Strickland's a great fighter, um, but you know, th- there's levels to this. And stylistically, how, how does he beat Izzy, you know? Um, he's, you're not going to just sit back and jab Izzy for five rounds. Like, that. that's you know, I just don't see that being possible. I think that the guy that can possibly give Izzy a challenge is Drickus Duplessis. He just got to heal up. So, Dan, looking at this card. Um... Well, real quick here, Dan, because uh, the second fight, the co-main, this is basically the inspiration for your shoey. Tui Tuivasa is taking on <laughs> Alexander shoey. Volkov. He is the guy that originated the shoey, at least in my opinion. He definitely brought it to prominence, man. And it'd be so nice to see him get a win because when he knocks people out, he jumps up on the cage. Some random fan throws him a shoe and a beer can. He pours it into the shoe. He drinks it out of the shoe. 
And, you know, the whole place goes ballistic. So, uh, you know, for all our sake, I hope that happens. And this is a worn shoe, right? And this, yes. Absolutely. And, and the thing with Tui Tuivasa is, like, he's a crowd favorite not only for his shoe weezer, his beers after he wins, but everybody kind of loves that heavy set guy that doesn't look like he probably would be athletic or in shape or, or be able to, to fight the way he does, but then he knocks your ass out. Was he the guy that said my balls were hot? No, that was Derek Lewis. Oh, my bad. He, he knocked that guy out. He, oh, knocked okay. out Derek Lewis. <laughs> he knocked him out. He threw that weight around. So, uh, Dan, looking at this card, uh, I've heard Rowdy say it over here, and I'm looking here um, you know, on CBS Sports talking about it. It's like, this is not an acceptable pay-per-view card, like saying like this, there's there's like not that many good fights on it. What, what does Dan think of that? And also, what are good fights that we should be tuning into uh, on this card, Dan? Outside of the mains. Well, I mean, it's it's an Australian showcase. You know, it's, it's a lot of Australian and New Zealand fighters spread throughout the card. But I guarantee you, this guys, it's going to be entertaining, which is all we care about. I mean, would you rather watch a car that's got big names, but they're you know playing it safe and boring everyone to sleep? Or would you rather watch some hungry up-and-comers that are going to put on the kind of shows that we want to see? Because at the end of the day, when we got into the UFC, we didn't know who any of these guys were. We just knew that we like violence, we like <laughs> knockouts, and we like people getting after it. And I guarantee you, gentlemen, these guys are going to get after it Saturday night. All right, Dan, uh, what are you eyeing up here? Like, I can make money on this fight. I like this fight. This is the one I can find some value in. What is Dan from half the battle in it? Best fight pick, say. Listen, man, it's a little bit chalky, but I... I think that this kid, Manel Cap, is going to school his opponent in a way where uh, you're, you're going to see levels here because check this out. Manel Cap, in my opinion, is probably the number one contender in the, in the flyweight division. I, I think he's right up there. Like When you talk about paying your dues, this guy made his UFC debut against Pantoja, who's the champion right now, right? And they fought to a competitive decision. Like When, when you look at it and you, and you think about, well, what mistakes did he make in that loss? It wasn't like, oh, is takedown defense sucks or oh he was getting dropped by jabs no it was just this, this guy feels himself so much to a point where sometimes he just automatically thinks he's ahead on the cards and he showboats more than he than he uh actually gets after it but that's something you can easily fix in the gym and you know after that loss he's been running through everybody man like he's like oh so so i i, I can't just uh you know, dance around a little bit. I got to actually put the hands on people. And ever since he started putting the hands on people, he's been destroying them and he's fighting a newcomer. And look, the newcomer's tough. I respect him. I think that one day this kid, Dos Santos, will be somebody, just not Saturday night. I think it's too much too soon. And again, I know the price is chalky, but there's still value for this reason. I bet it at minus 340, but I line it minus 500 to minus 750. Damn. So even now that the lines move to the minus 400s, it's still too low. It, it, like I said, it should be 500 to 750. So I think Cap, uh, Manel Cap, you can play him straight. You can put him in parlays. You can play him inside the distance. I think he's going to mop the floor with this kid. Rowdy, anything else in the car? You're I'm just looking up and down, and, and when you look at the early prelims, I feel like it's one of the – you know, coolest names in the UFC, Blood Diamond. And then it's like a very, like, the guy that lives down the, the street from you, Charlie Radke. Like, it's a battle of the, the cool names versus the common name. You know what's funny? So he was going by Blood Diamond, like, his first two fights, but now he's going by Mike Diamond. So I was like, what is this, Mike D from the Beastie Boys fighting or something? So, <laughs> Mike D. Um, but uh, the, the issue with, with uh, Blood Diamond is that, you know, he came into the UFC with with this extensive kickboxing record, but he's very green in MMA. But he's also taken over a year off, so hopefully he's patched up 
some of the holes in his game because you've got to be well-rounded at this level. His opponent is nothing special. So I, you know, it's actually a dogger pass situation. It's a pass for me. Now, Mike D one said he puts the Santon in your panties. So if he starts saying that, then he's totally ripping off Mike D of the Beastie Boys. All right, just remember that, Dan. Okay. We're going to sue him for copyright infringement if he dares do something like that. That's right, my man. That is right. And speaking of panties, after this weekend, Dan is looking to have a red panties night after winning all his bets. Oh, Yeah, I mean, it's going <laughs> to be more like a, a, a red panty night at the end of the month because uh, I only got one bet. But then again, I'd rather win one bet than lose a bunch of bets. Yeah, you no, know no, what no. I'm saying? You'd rather make money than uh, lose money. Come on. And, and last time I spoke to you guys, it was a similar situation. I gave you all that Brad Tavares over Chris Weidman bet. Um, I said that, listen, man, I'm not that confident on anything else on the card, but if there's one thing we're going to do, we're going to fade Chris Weidman. And uh, here tomorrow night, you know, in Sydney, listen, the number one contender in the flyweight division is fighting a newcomer. <laughs> you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Act accordingly. All right, uh, Dan. If now I did, I don't want you to like give it away or anything, but I do want people to subscribe to everything that you have, your podcast, your YouTube channel. There is, uh, you do giveaways on your show, yes, and you're going to announce one today. Did I read right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I like having contests just to give back to the fans. You know, give them memorabilia. Um, just, just uh, it's a fun way to interact. You know, they show me a lot of support, so uh, that's one way I can give it back to them. All right, great. And if people want to get a hold of your stuff, Dan, um, I know if I've explained it before, but I want to hear it right from the horse's mouth. How can they do so? <laughs> Well, you can lead a horse to water, but <laughs> no, nah, but listen, man, uh, y'all can follow me on Twitter at best fight picks. You can follow me on Instagram at half the battle pod and my podcast, half the battle is available everywhere. Podcasts are found, including YouTube. So just type in half the battle and gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate y'all. We love you, Dan. Before we do let you go though, NFL season upon us. What are we thinking about your Atlanta Falcons? We're thinking the Atlanta Falcons are going all the way this year, and uh, they're going to take on the, the Packers in the, in the Super Bowl. Well, Dan, I'll say this. I think my favorite bet so far for NFL Week 1 when looking at sides and totals is the ATL minus 3.5 against the Carolina Panthers. Them dirty birds. Mm. Them dirty you, love, birds. You, love to, you love to hear it. You know, I like where your head's at. So. <laughs> but the issue is when you talk to me about Atlanta sports, I'm talking with my heart, but because the good news is the Braves are so good that I can bet with my heart and still win. But as far as the Falcons, uh, let's, uh, let's take a wait-and-see approach. Yeah, well, we will wait and see. Same as uh, the, uh, the Packers with the Jordan Love era now upon us uh, starting on Sunday. Dan? Hey, Falcons, Packers, Super Bowl incoming. Dan, you, you're the man, brother. We love you, and we'll uh, follow along everything you just said and have a great weekend, and I hope you do get a nice little Brazilian steak or something uh, You know, sometime this weekend. Medium rare. I appreciate you, gentlemen. See you, buddy. See you, Dan. And that, and that, I think uh, you meant NFC Championship game. Yes. Um, <laughs> also, the the red panties night. That is a reference to a Conor McGregor um, press conference before the fight, where he said, "You have no chance to beat me. You're just lucky enough that you can fight me, and it's going to be a red panties night anyways for you because you're going to make so much money, even though you're going to get your ass kicked. But I bring out all the money. <laughs> Who's the closest?" Uh, to smack talking on podiums right now as uh, McGregor once was. Who's the closest active now? See, the thing with McGregor, though, is that he hasn't fought in a while, and he hasn't been, like, good, good, McGregor good. Yeah, but who's ca- good on the mic like he was right now? Is there anyone? Not really. I mean, you'd hear about it if there was, I guess. That's the thing. It's like Sean Strickland tries to be kind of? The last time Conor McGregor was Conor McGregor was 2017. 
Raphael from mybookie.ag, VSI.sports. You can bet that.com. Raph, NFL is back. How does it feel, baby? Uh, I still think it's overrated, but what do you mean? And yeah, I mean, overrated. Perfect example. Last night, I don't know how the heck anyone listened to that game live with the announcers blowing smoke uh, about Kansas. I, I could not. I had to switch it up. I was watching tennis live of sound and the Cubs game of sound. Tennis. I could not watch that game of sound. Tennis. That game of sound was horrible. Tennis over NFL. Are you sick? Uh, I, I I still watched it, but I could not listen to it. it. It was awful, complete awful television. Are you? Do you have a fever right now? You, are you under the no, weather? I mean, come on, rewatch it. And how many times Collinsworth said, "Oh, Mahomes great is a great." How did he do that? Hey, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. How did he do that? He's missing his star players. Oh my god, I was throwing up everywhere. Well, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Now here's a guy, Raphael. No, yeah. Now here's a guy. He can do everything, Raph. Do you ever have a uh, here's a guy counter on Collinsworth, like over under uh, through Vegas? Uh, I, you know what? I was writing down on my, I got my yellow notebook pad right here that I write down all the prop ideas for the next time uh, Casey plays on NBC and Collinsworth. I'm going to do prop bets because it was just complete gutter garbage of listening to the him talk on TV yesterday. Hey, Raph, I have a, I have a prop bet um, proposition for you that maybe you can do a, a futures on here. What's that? I just saw this. Not uh, let's see here. Maybe this was last night. Actually, Patriots coach Bill Belichick and his longtime girlfriend Linda Holiday, Splitsville population. Really? Those two. Uh, apparently, it's causing Patriots executives to be on edge over Belichick now being a uh, on the outs with uh, Linda here. Maybe your next prop bet, Bill Belichick's next girlfriend. Next day, yeah. I, was I mean, Kim Kardashian would be number one. Uh-oh. But yeah, I definitely. But uh, I definitely have to think of that. Maybe. Uh, now that uh, Jonah Jonas' is, uh, uh, ex is for single, too, I'll have to put her, Sophia Turner, on the list probably. I now. saw that. Well, I also think that uh, Robert Kraft could probably put in a good word with some of the masseuses. Or give him a hand, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or help give yeah. him a hand. Yeah. Or Tom Brady's ex. <laughs> uh, so Yeah, did you see Tom Brady was... Tom Brady, whoever the hell he's dating, Irina. What's her name, Irina? Sh- oh, I feel like Giselle's more into... She posts topless with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Giselle's more into the yeah. jiu-jitsu guys. She likes to be choked. Is that yeah, true, Raph? Yeah, that is, that is true. She's a big fitness buff, and I heard she's into jiu-jitsu now. Yeah, days. she likes rolling around on the mat. Just clothing optional with a little chokehold. Raphael. <laughs> Rowdy. Raph, I got to get right to it. Now, NFL, it's here. Packers, one-point dog. Pick them, essentially. Down in Chicago, Soldier Field against Jordan or uh, Justin Fields. And the Chicago Bears. What does Raphael think about this game Sunday as Jordan Love begins uh, his reign as Packers quarterback? Now, this game opened up the Bears minus three over the summer, and I jumped on that number. I took the plus three because I'm sorry. I know the Packers own Chicago, and I know the Packers have had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers forever. That's why that record looks like that. But until the Bears show me anything different against the Green Bay Packers, I am not playing Chicago. I don't care if the Bears roster is better. The Bears finally have some offensive weapons. And the Bears finally maybe have guys that can play defense. Uh, but I don't I don't trust them for week one. Uh, I like the Packers. I, st- I still think getting plus one is good value, which I think Bears money will probably come in back. So you probably go to one and a half or, or two by kickoff. What do you think of um, what you guys have? Uh, you had the Lions, obviously, being the favorites for the NFC North, yes? Yes. 
Where was- last time I checked, we closed it. I mean, we shut it down yesterday. We'll reopen it probably either sometime today or, or after Sunday's game. They were plus 125 yesterday. <laughs> Raph, just in the offseason, wasn't it um, basically the consensus was the Detroit Lions were the favorite, but there was, depending on the book you were looking at and what time you were looking at it, I think second place was kind of everyone. It was Minnesota. Sometimes it would be Chicago. The Packers bounced around. There was basically what I think they were saying is we think Detroit's a little bit better than everyone else, but this is going to be a tight-knit division. Yeah, it all depends on what book you look with. Not that much Bears. I didn't see them as second as much as people say they did. I didn't see it to some of the places I was looking at. But Vikings and Packers were always bouncing back in second, second, third, second. So I would definitely that was. But it's, it's going to be very interesting in that division. I think it's one of the tighter divisions uh, in, in football besides the uh, AFC North. I think that one's uh, going to be real tight as well. But I would still think it's between uh, – I still think it's in between the Lions and Packers to win a division. Oh, interesting. All right, Raph, uh, let's uh, finish up on the NFC North really quick here. Speaking um, uh, of that division, the Vikings, what do you think of the Vikings here? Uh, what's their spread? The Vikings. Five and six, five, yeah. What do you think of this uh, matchup they got coming up here on Sunday, Raph? I think the Vikings win, but it would not Buccaneers. shock me if, if the Buccaneers uh, cover this. So I have Minnesota winning by three. Uh, I think this is going to be an over. I think it's going to be a shootout. would not be shocked if this one goes over the total. I think that's why it's probably going to go up to 46 before kickoff, maybe even 46 and a half. So I kind of lean towards the over. But I'll take the Bucks plus the points. Um. And then, are you st- are you doing um, pre post game stuff with the Saints again this year, or is that just last year? Uh, not every week because I got other commitments with other teams as well, uh, Jags, Saints, uh, stuff like that. So uh, I'll be doing jumping around this week. Yes, and that's why I'm hoping for a Titans victory. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask because Norland's favored by three, so your Titans win that one. Uh, no, I think the Saints, they, they need uh, – their offense is improved. I think Carr will be able to do it. I mean, they're going to win by defense uh, right away because, let's face it, Tannenhill not looking for one quarterback behind his shoulder, but two, so his lease is going to be very short. Uh, so I think the Saints nipped that one. Raph, I just got a question. because, you, like you said, you live part-time in New Orleans and obviously watch some Saint games. <laughs> It feels like to me some of these teams like want to make hires because they're splash hires and it's like, oh, we got to go get, you know, Josh McDaniels or Mike McDaniel because, you know, they're good at offense or they have this or they have that or it's it's a new wonder boy. And then there's Lance Allen, who feels like the most like unexciting person ever. He wears a visor, just kind of walks around like there's nothing to him. I, I don't know. What do you feel about like Lance Allen? I can see where you're going with, but what I understood, he's good with the players and he's good at, uh, behind the cameras. So, like, I think meetings and how he sets up and stuff like that, that's what I hear about him. It's, we'll see. All right, Raph, anything else for Sunday that you're looking at, like a good bet to throw out there? Uh, I kind of like the last game on Sunday, the Cowboys-Giants. Uh, it's a division game. I, I, I usually tell people to stay away from picking the favorites or the underdog in division games, especially in week one because it's actually preseason week four. But I think it's going to be under game, 45 and a half. I think it's going to be ground and pound by the Giants. Uh, they don't want to establish the run early. You figure Dak doesn't want to throw an interception on week one yeah, on he's not TV when there's no other, with no other games on TV. So I think the Dallas will probably try to establish the run as well. Raph, Monday night football. I think 
for some Packer fans, more people want to see the Jets fail than the Packers succeed because of Aaron Rodgers. What do you think of the Jets and Aaron Rodgers hosting uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? I am tired of anointing Buffalo Bills to a Super Bowl favorite or division or conference favorite because they haven't won anything. They haven't been anywhere. They didn't win anything in the 90s with Kelly. They haven't won anything with Allen. Uh, I'm tired of anointing them as one of the favorites of anything. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Yes, Raphael. All right, any uh, wild, crazy stuff that you're working on outside of the the, uh, sports sphere? Uh, working on uh, who's Joe Jonas's next girlfriend going to be? Uh, be I do a whole bunch of stuff that's going to be uh, coming out the next couple of uh, next couple of hours and days. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we're seeing. Punk do next? We'll, uh, yeah, just I have a whole list of stuff that I'm way behind because of this NFL. Unbelievable! NFL Un- unbelievable! Jeez, Jeez. Well, we got so much other stuff, people. Jeez, Louise! I don't know why you're blaming Come the NFL. In the playoffs. I feel I don't know why you're blaming the NFL. It feels like you're wasting more time watching tennis. That's great. Great. Uh, great. See, that's why I always tell people, they, oh, I'm a beat writer for so-and-so. I'm like, my job, I have to watch everything. I don't have, oh, I'm an NFL specialist or college. I have to watch everything. College football. I think an SEC team goes down uh, this oh. week. Uh, so I, I can't wait to see that happen. Ref, I, I totally space this and shame on me. Wisconsin uh, out there in Martin Stadium in Pullman against Washington State. Badgers favored by six. What does Raphael think? I like the Badgers, but I would say hurry up and get it because I have a feeling that the public is going to be all over that play. So uh, I don't like the number now. It was much lower earlier, uh, but I think the Badgers squeak out a victory. It's crazy to me, Raph, because normally I think most people would consider Circa a pretty sharp book, and they opened that Wisconsin minus three, and that thing flew. I think what it get as high as minus six and a half. I was surprised that, of course, a book like that would open it that low. You've got to figure out, I know everyone wants to anoint Circa. A lot of my good friends work for Circa, but don't anoint them as, well, oh, they open up this number and they got Because they're one book. They take one action, one state. They get no action in Colorado and no action in Iowa, the only two places they get, which I'm hearing they're trying to get out of Iowa. Probably DraftKings will buy that spot in Iowa. So they're only getting local money. That's why their numbers move. Now when you look at BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, People who have books all over the state, they're getting a million times action more than circus. So don't look at their numbers compared to everyone else because they're, they're, they're doing their numbers for what their Vegas clientele is doing them, not what the, uh, the United States clientele is giving them. Raph, you're an absolute legend. You're the man. If people want to get a hold of everything that you do, how can they do so? You can find me on Twitter at VSI.Sports. You can find me on Instagram at Raphael Esparza. And you can find my all my crazy stuff at YouCanBetThat.com. And uh, dark, uh, dark Horse here for a swimsuit model I saw you put in my inbox. I would like to nominate Raphael at plus 10,000. Plus ten thousand. Uh, you don't want to see. You do not want to see me in a bathing suit. I feel bad that the wife has had to see Raphael, me for uh, twenty. Raphael, years. it's twenty twenty three. All you got to say is you identify as a she, her, and you will be ushered in immediately. Yeah. And people will call you stunning even, and brave and my, beautiful. My body doesn't even have a pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end on the high note, Raph. I love you, brother. Nice hearing from you, man. I just, well I just got censored, right? Thanks for having me on my, on my last show here. And the show's called Over the Line. It's fine. We love you, Raph. See you, <laughs> Take buddy. it easy, guys. <laughs> I don't even have a pronoun. All right, before break. Yeah, who's this? Line two. Oh, 
Yeah, there it is, baby. We stayed on hold for 20 minutes for that one. All right, that's funny. Raphael, my man. All right, Rowdy. We'll, uh... <laughs> it must... Is it really that bad? What, Raph? I guess. His body? I, I've i I've seen him I mean, in person. I've, seen, I, I've never met him before. I Obviously, I've seen his pictures online or, like, on his Twitter. I, I wouldn't have guessed it that bad. No, I mean, he's not... Like he's he looks like you're oh, what is I he see like way more people what is he like late forties? Sporting no shirts out on the beach that are you know, two hundred pounds overweight. Like he isn't his I've met him. It's not like shockingly grotesque. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, okay, he's a guy in his late forties that might be a little overweight, but it's nothing. I don't out, say he's overweight. It's nothing out of the norm. No, it just looks like your typical like middle aged man. Like think about think about how many people are out there walking around with their shirts off, whether it be at a beach or a pool, that are like excessively two hundred pounds overweight and they look like a walking boot. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Raphael. He's got a soft body, but it's not like morbidly obese. It's not even obese. It's just like this guy could probably hit the treadmill a little bit and be fine. You know, Raph, you're sexy no matter what, though. You're beautiful. Do you think you you have? Officially said it's over for me when you become a t-shirt guy in the pool. Yeah, that is pretty tough. <laughs> like yeah. you've 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 declared you're done, or you just have broken the shackles of modern society and their standards, and you said t-shirt in the pool. I'm fine with it. You're just comfortable with it. I don't know. T-shirt pool is tough though, Rowdy. I've only worn a t-shirt in the pool one time, and reason being was because I was chunky. so no, I was so oh. severely burnt the day before <laughs> that it was like, all right, I need. But that's it's just, it just feels weird even being in the water with like a wet, soggy shirt on. Yeah. Oh, breaking news: U.S. Team USA uh, in basketball has just lost to Germany. Down. Did you, did you see? They, they just lost, lost to Lithuania, Lithuania too.